would you stow away to such a hellish place? To find what was stolen from me. And what is that? The kingdom. You must choose between kindness for your kin or hate for your enemies. Your strength breaks men's bones. I have the cunning to break their minds. And night by night, we will carry out my pledge of vengeance. I will avenge you, Father. I will avenge you, Father. I will save you, Mother. I will save you, Mother. I will kill you, Father. Heavy, heavy stuff there in that trailer. Um, yes, hello. Uh, very lovely, dramatic opening. Uh, welcome to Fan Critical. Welcome. Um, mm. Tonight, uh, it's myself, Len, your your host, and trusted uh, impish friend, Gareth. Let's hello. go with sidekick. Hello, Gareth. Let's go with sidekick, and I'll accept. Yeah. But impish yeah. is impish. too much. That's too far. Imp- impish sidekick, yeah. Mm. Powerful. Powerful sidekick. Well, small in stature, but yes, he he has powers. Maybe he has some Nordic powers. Maybe, in fact, you're kind of like um, Willem Dafoe in this film. You're right. I'm the king, and you're my little jester that I, I've nurtured like a best friend, uh-huh. but is actually batshit crazy and ends up just being a head. Um, yeah. Anyway, enough of that because it's kind of spoilery. But we're here to talk all things. Northman, the Northman, if you will. Um, yes, yes, Robert Eggers' latest film mm. after his, what I think, amazing debut with The Witch, and then the, uh, I would say, batshit crazy follow up, uh, The Lighthouse. But I love Absolutely it. Absolutely mental. I love it. Mm. Mm. Me too. And, and just to say, like, if, if you have watched The Northman and then you're like, oh, I really like that, well, if you want some kind of weirder stuff, Go check out The Witch. Go check out The Lighthouse. Um, and I think you'll see Eggers' stylistic and kind of wacky roots. Um, so <laughs> Wacky. You know, wacky. What a guy. What a crazy guy. Have you seen a picture of Robert Eggers? He, um, no, I haven't. What does he look like? Uh, go- Google it now. Just right, Google I'll it. So, yeah, it's, it. Funny. it's funny. We'll, we'll it? keep talking. It's fine. Okay, um, cool. he, he, he just, it's just not what you expect. It's just not what you expect. <laughs> okay. All right. I don't know which way that's going to go now. Um, well. Right. That's mental. He's like the smoothest kind of beard yeah. oil yeah, model. Yeah, beard oil guy. Yeah. 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 He's 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 an interesting fellow. Um, so The Northman, me and Gareth previewed this film uh, in our 2022 preview. And the idea behind it was we were like, right, we love this director, but this is taking his film or his style of film, sorry, his auteurism, to a new level, a level that, you know, has a bit more of a wider scope. I'd even be reticent to say that this is possibly a blockbuster. Who knows? Hmm. Um, it, it falls in that sort of zone of the year where it could be called that. And me and Gareth, obviously, were supposed to review this film last week. Gareth, you had uh, gastro, didn't you? Mate, yeah, I struck down. I've been at fucking. I've been at death's door. Like, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, no chance of me mm-hmm. doing a podcast last week. There was, yeah, yeah, little chance of me moving, let alone doing a podcast. It's, so, it's one of those things. Like, I was tempted to like, oh, should we put out like a social media post? We were going to do the podcast, but Gav shit himself. <laughs> or do we just like? Do we do we just? Just pretend like we're just doing it this week. So I was like, oh, we'll just tell him in the podcast what yeah, happened. But good. basically, have you, have you seen um, Rick and Morty sort of, um, what are they called, Gareth? Not the Avengers. The... Uh, the... Uh, v- <laughs> starts with a V. They are called yeah. the Vindicators. Vindicators. There's an episode where Rick just, they walk in and Rick's just, his ass is out. He's passed out on the floor and there's shit everywhere. Yeah. Um, and that essentially happened to Gareth. I mean, and what happened was he passed out. They had to call an ambulance, and there was just shit and vomit everywhere. That's well, what I've heard, Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, annoyingly, half of that's true, but um, but no, no diarrhea was involved. No diarrhea was involved in the transaction. It was. I, um, I think it. Yeah. But but yeah, no, I like 
my wife and I both were very, very vomity and um and I passed out, which maybe says a bit more mm. about my you know um my 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 strength as a human being yeah. compared to hers, mm. but yeah, I was out for the count. Um uh, yeah. No <laughs> not, not good. No shit everywhere. Now I I will okay. say this though. I'm gone because obviously I knew you were going to come on here and give all the the banter but just to let mm. you know listener banter yeah listener Len was Len was quite touchingly concerned actually in Ooh. that in the fan in the fan critical group he messaged everybody and said hey yeah um secret group guys we're not we can't do the the pod Gaz is Gaz is really unwell um yeah and you, you were worried weren't you he said I hope I hope he's okay soon didn't you? Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, that's nice. If not, I've got loads of poo bags for the dog, and I thought I could not bring them over. Just not help. needed. We don't yeah. need that. Um, so we also had a little situation where um, we needed to see this film pretty soon because we thought we were going to podcast last week, obviously, before illness. But my mum and my nan came to visit. Uh, so we're talking like I haven't seen them for like three years or something. Finally, international travel's open. They've never been to Australia. They come all the way out here. You know, my nan's 86. She's doing bloody well for her age. Very well. Um, very, doesn't very look well. a day over 76. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think she's, you know, mid-70s. Yeah. And um, I'm not, not that I'm, I'm a married man. I'm not sort of trying to go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. We'll keep John away as well. Um, what, what I will say is, you know, we were thinking of things to do. And my mum loves going to the cinema and she loves like Viking and Norse stuff. Yeah, and I said, you know, Nan, do you, do you want to come see this film at the cinema? And she looked at me and she said, "What?" Uh, she's got a very like heavily Geordie accent. I can't do it. She goes, "Eh," that's what she says, "Eh," like that. And she said, "I haven't been to the cinema for ages." She says, "I said, what? When was the last time you in the cinema?" She said, "I think I saw Jaws <laughs> in the yeah. cinema." It's a fair while. Away. I was just, I was just like, oh my god. That's like fifty years. That's like nineteen seventy nine or something. Might even be earlier. What, um, what did she see? What was the what was the film she saw before that? I can't remember. It must be Casablanca or something. Who the fuck knows? So I imagine mean, that. Joke, imagine that in her like <laughs> the the latest films that I've been to see are uh, Casablanca, mm. Jaws, mm. and Robert Eggers' new movie, The Northman. <laughs> Honestly, there were points during this movie. In the end, she didn't come. Yeah, dear listener, she decided that was not good, and then my mum didn't come. Either I was gutted because like, I, was, I, was I, yeah. I don't think, I don't think I've had a cinema trip with your mum, and it's funny. Yeah, it's funny. I, I know. Yeah. I like lived next door to her for a number of years. It would have been tremendous. Mm. But I, and I, I was like, finally, I'm getting a cinema trip with Joy. I know what this is going to be like. Um, sorry, Joy's her name. Just um, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and Jump for joy. She would have been talking through the whole film. Like, this is fucking yep. shit, isn't it, Alex? Um, yeah, they won't stop munching their popcorn. Fucking hell! <laughs> Shut up, Danny. Why has it got um, to be so loud? No, you know, there were points during this film where I was like, "It's a good thing my nan didn't come to see this because it's fucking bonk." Like, even though it's Eggers' most like mainstream sort of normal mainstream normal film it's yeah. still got some fucking bonkers moments in there but let's get into that now we're gonna the first bit of this podcast will be spoiler free thoughts um and then we'll jump into the plot and just uh go through some some things that we really enjoyed um this is what rotten tomatoes has, has summarized gareth a, a bloody revenge epic and breathtaking visual marvel the northman finds filmmaker robert eggers expanding his scope without sacrificing any of his signature style 89 percent Mm. pretty good pretty pretty damn good considering i i think the film is you know like i said it's it's um it's got some out there moments so i want some spoiler free thoughts from you here gareth and then of course the patented blueberry system please give it a lovely score i will um actually because it's like mostly set in in iceland should we give it sort of i don't know like frozen sardines or something that's kind of more appropriate than blueberries they're not getting blueberries no they love uh fermented fish fermented in iceland we'll give it uh how many fermented fish will you give it same scale one to five there can be no halves of fermented fish no of course not if you crumble everywhere if you try and halve it Mm, flaky yeah um i so I think I think I brought this up in our little preview of the year podcast because um, 
this was the film that I was that I picked out as my most anticipated. Me, me, me. So self-centered. Um, it's unbelievable. Anyway. I did this. Go so <laughs> I am just going to say I was right to pick that out mm. as, uh, as my most mm. anticipated film because it's fucking awesome. Um, it is... <sighs> I mean, it's drawn some it's drawn some comparisons in the media with uh, with Gladiator, um, which I feel I yeah. find really strange. Um, I because I it's not and it's it's got nowhere near the mass appeal of that. And mm. you're right to say it's Egger's most mainstream film, but it's still weird in a lot of ways. Oh yeah, and there are going to be a lot of people who who don't appreciate this film, but. For me, like I was hooked. The, the the opening scene is like just I don't know. The the music is so sort of chaotic, and you're like the mu- the music's phenomenal. The music's it phenomenal. Is. Yeah, but but more precise, more specifically, it's like like the music just sort of I don't know. It doesn't <laughs> the opening scene. It's like there's all sorts of sounds going on. It's like, it's proper tribal, like, but Nordic tribal, you know, it's, it's like, you know, the, you know, the Icelandic clap, Gareth is the football one, you know, the Viking noise, the sky, the Skyrim noise, you know, the dragonborn yeah. noise. Um, and yeah, you're right. Like the, the soundtrack is, you know, the sound is bewildering. Bewildering, bewildering and chaotic and, and yes but i love that shit uh, i love it to bits so do i and it had me hooked from the first moment um i would like to think that's because of you know my viking heritage so it sort of tapped mm. tapped right into that um mm. but uh yeah so I, I was in from the start and i was like i know this is going to be a bit weird um if anything i'd say it's it was not weird enough because i wanted i want it i want it to be super bizarre um Mm. but you know it it's do you know i i I was just thinking if i'm going to compare it to another film like this is this is a an equally weird shout as gladiator maybe but just in terms of sort of i don't know there there are some elements to it that remind me of it apocalypto um which is mel gibson directed I love that movie. Yes, directed. Um, yeah. Great film. And underrated. Underrated. Very underrated film. Um, this kind of reminded me of that, like in that there's re- like a really sort of simple kind of basic element to the storyline, which is just in this mm-hmm. case, revenge. Like revenge. Boy grows up wants revenge. Um, and Apocalypto is sort of the opposite. Is more like man wants to survive. Mm-hmm. somebody trying to kill him it's the sort of yep. simple like straight down the line narrative but with like craziness happening all around it um and yeah i i love this movie um the the shots of iceland are unbelievable i said to you afterwards Ooh, yeah, i was like baby. they should like iceland just needs to sort of remove the gore from this and just use it as their tourism board advertising yep. like stunning unbelievable um that alone is enough but um it's it's brilliant Br- brilliantly acted um brilliantly directed and it is weird it's not as weird as other eggers stuff but it's mm. weird enough um i don't think it will have the mass appeal that that you know something like gladiator had um but it's it's definitely got appeal for me so it gets mm. five fermented fishes ah yes five of the finest fermented fishes lovely 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 um you know like you said gareth this is a this is a revenge story and the gladiator thing is interesting because it it's like it is a blockbuster in a way but it's an intelligent one and one with more style than uh, you would usually get you know even when I think back to something like 300, which I yeah. also think is a stylistic um, sort of very, very period piece about war and battling and whatnot. I think to that and I think that's got style, but has it got substance, mm. you know? And I think this this definitely has substance and style, but unfortunately, as we know, 
that means it's not going to necessarily hit the mainstream market because it isn't a popcorn movie. You don't really sit during this film and go, oh, yeah, this is this is fun. Uh, you sit through this film going, what the fuck is going on? And then, you know, there's intense battles and abs everywhere. And you're just like, Jesus, you're just completely confused. So many abs. So many abs. Um, not as many as 300, mind. That was a bewildering time for me. The, <laughs> it inspired me to go to the, to the gym. Yeah. And I still am chasing those abs. One day that will pay To off. this very day. Mm. Uh, I actually even, Gareth, did a 300 the actual workout regime that the uh, the the actors did for 300 i did that quite intensely for a few months and almost got there but uh unfortunately it's it's very hard to keep that up without a personal trainer so the, well let's the, let's do you know, the uh let's do the northman <laughs> patreon the northman, yeah, the northman. Um, well, i actually watched uh the guy who trained Skarsgård. uh he did a video on youtube and the the amount of food the guy ate was insane I'll try and he, know, he is again. looking unbelievable mm. in this film. Scars guy. Oh yeah. Oh my word. Yeah. yeah, that was one of my notes here. But I will say, Gareth, the thing that we didn't mention about this film is it is very much Shakespearean. This film yes. feels like a Macbeth, a Hamlet, um, a Lion King. It, it had <laughs> a Lion King. It has that Shakespearean feel to it. Um, it has a slight obtuseness with some of the language and some of the uh the you know translations and the way that they speak it seems very ye old but in Norse ways um and it has that thing that Eggers does brilliantly which is it treads the line between what is real and what is in your character's mind and what is he saying is actually supernatural here and that is something that Eggers has done fantastically throughout his his films there are always supernatural elements, but they are left up to you, the audience, and the characters to believe or not believe in what is going on. And there's several moments in this film that do that, which I absolutely love. And when he goes for the supernatural visuals, they're stunning, like uh, Valkyries and Valhalla and Draugr demons and all this stuff. It's was that, awesome. Does that Valkyrie have braces? Yeah, it was cool, man. It's like metallic war braces. Anyway, that's a spoiler warning. For <laughs> that's what your Hall. parents told you when <laughs> yeah. you go out to the um, dentist. No, don't worry, mate. Yeah. They're, you, uh, they're metallic like war braces. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. You look awesome. You're, you're going to carry fallen soldiers to Valhalla. Um, but yeah, the mood completely wowed me and just left me like scared and loving it. Um, I love Norse mythology. And I felt that this film mixed and we talked about this after the film but it mixed basically so many of my favorite films into one which was like midsummer by ariasta like some of the folky mm. music and the chants and just some of the vibe the the horrorish vibe it had um the witch the isolation the dark palette the sort of supernatural elements anna taylor joys in it again and then you had the lighthouse which had elements of madness um you know and just the way of that certain characters are just uh, depicted and stuff and i just thought i thought it was an absolute cacophony of of things that i have enjoyed about um sort of folk horror um and sort of nordic storylines even things like game of thrones vikings whatever you want to say and, with and, brutality. and skyrim i know you mentioned it earlier and skyrim but, yeah, know, yeah skyrim skyrim's yeah. a big big feature there 100 percent, and 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 when I see something that makes me think of all these things that I love, I'm going to come away giving this five blueberries because even though it made me have nostalgia for those films that I saw, it also did its complete own thing. Um, the visuals were amazing. Like, I think it's, he's done a fantastic job creating things that I've not really seen before. Yeah. And I think any time that a film does that, like when I saw Interstellar for the first time, and, you know, the depiction of a black hole and, and just that was the first time that's ever been done like in any sort of cinema. And it was mind-blowing to see that on a huge IMAX screen with the sound and everything. And and with this, with those Icelandic, you know, landscapes, volcanoes, the, I don't know, the Valhalla, you know, all this stuff. I thought it was, I thought it was awesome. So I, I can't praise it highly enough, really. And uh, I'm just gutted that my mum didn't get to see it because I think she would have really enjoyed it, Gareth. Do you I think, think she would have? It. Do you think it wouldn't? It wouldn't have been. She too would have loved it out there for her. 
I think she would have said oh, some of it's a bit silly, isn't it? But it's bloody good. I think she would have said that because some of it is very out there. But she watches a lot of stuff, Gareth. All right. She so loves watching films. For any listeners who are considering taking their mums to, to watch it, Len says yeah. do it. Do it. Just do it. Go for it. If you're on the fence, no, genuinely, if you are on the fence about seeing this film, I would recommend going to see it because I guarantee you'll see something you haven't really seen before. Yeah. Um, I think that's... Close, one of the close... I, I think that's a really, really key point. Actually, is that it? It is like, although it's although it's sort of a linear story, a very normal story. Yeah, it's got a it's got a yeah relatively basic narrative structure. It's like nothing you have seen before in the cinema. This this is a totally yeah. unique film. Um, yeah, it is unique, and I think it the closest thing I could think of. I saw the most recent iteration of Macbeth um, with Michael Fassbender and I saw it about, I think it's Michael Fassbender in that one. And I saw it like four years ago and visually it's unbelievable. The film is crazy, but it still like sits in that play sort of genre because of Mm. the obtuse language and stuff. And it kind of reminded me of that. So that's the Shakespeare element again, but like definitely give it a go. I think it's one of my favorite films of the year so far um what else has there been and um spider-man no way home oh yeah that was all right but this is better um severance not film tv show brilliant (laughs) (laughs) no i think Uh, dr strange dr strange next week very excited for that um uh there's lots of stuff going on gareth come on come on now this is this has been excellent nope which is also in our preview but it hasn't been you're you're saying this is nonsense. You, you're having a go at me June? for films that haven't come out yet. June? June was last year. Was it? Jesus, time flies. Anyway, let's stop talking about this bollocks. It was just bloody good, all right? Five, good. I gave it five blueberries, Gareth. What do you mean That's blueberries? Wrong. They don't eat that. Need to give it five fermented flaky fish Excellent. coming your way. And, uh, Robert Eggers. I'm sure he's listening. Um, right. If you, if you don't want spoilers, um, please switch off now because we're about to go after this nordic tribal chanting um we're gonna go into the spoilers for the northman Gareth, what we're going to do is I'm actually going to take it back to sort of what we used to do and go through the plot because it's not very long. But before we did that, I just wanted to say, have you heard of the legend of Amleth, who is the main character in this film? See, I recognise the name because I've got a book. Mm. Um, uh, it's a it's a lovely looking book um, that is it's just called Norse mythology. Um, cool. And I thought I'd heard the name. But um, I couldn't place it. It's a mm. it's a legit, legit. Yep. Legend. This is a a Scandinavian legend, and there's several interpretations of the legend. Um, there's like a Saxo translation, and then some other fucking really smart historical name translation. Um, I've done my research, so don't worry about it. Um, but basically, uh, it's the direct inspiration. Uh, Hamlet is the direct inspiration for Hamlet. So well, there you go. Hamlet, Hamlet, the Prince of Denmark, obviously. Um, and if anyone isn't familiar with Hamlet, I suggest you go uh, read it because it is good. But it's once again Shakespeare. Yeah, uh, read, very, watch very it. Obtuse. Don't worry about reading. Watch, yeah, it's um, and that's what I mean. You could definitely tell that this it feels like a Shakespearean tragedy. That, that there's elements of like. You know, Oedipus complex in there. There's elements of revenge. There's you know, regicide. Family, (laughs) families all die. Like you know, you 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 can see it just dripping with it. Hmm. Um, But I thought it was interesting that that this 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 Amleth character, you know, Alexander Skargar's character, is essentially based on you know Scandinavian folklore. This was co-written with an Icelandic poet with Eggers as well. So it's got this, it's got that sense of 
you know when we listen to Icelandic bands Gareth and sort of how we feel that they translate the landscape into their music and I kind of feel like this guy has translated Iceland beautifully in this film mm. um, that makes sense so yeah, yeah I mean look it, just a little bit of history there for you before we kick off the, the, old, the old plot but well it's, eight, um, it's funny on. because like you know I guess most people look at this film and go, oh, look, it's just th- this This story is just copying that of Hamlet. But mm. actually, it's going back to the roots that Hamlet copied. So yeah, That's right. Shakespeare's so, the real fraud here. <laughs> he bloody is, mate. I'll tell you something. He gets a lot of credit, Shakespeare, but look, he's ripping off fucking fairy tales left, right and centre. So Making up don't words. even get me started on Mids- Midsummer's Night Dream. Don't even get me started. Anyway, um, yeah. In AD 895, uh, King Orenvandil, War Raven, pretty cool name, yeah, that's returns to his kingdom on the island of Hufferdsney. Uh, it's not as, good as, overseas, <laughs> not as good a name, no, is it? No. After his overseas conquests and is reunited with his wife, Queen Gudrun, and his son and heir, Prince Amleth. To prepare Amleth to one day be king, the two participate in a spiritual ceremony overseen by Arvrandil's jester, Hymir who is played by William Defoe, who is once again, bat, yeah, whatever, William, Willem, you know, I'm mates with him, so it's William, all right? Well, um, just saying, if you are his mate, he's going to be angry at you for getting his first nah, name wrong. Nah, we banter. We've got a lot of banter, so it's, he'd love it. Um, he's, a, he's a he's a jester in this, Gareth. Yeah. He's a, another batshit crazy character, Well, uh, which I enjoyed. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this is—it's really common for directors to love working with the same actors. But um, oh yeah, I did reflect on how many actors appear in this that um, Eggers yeah. has already worked with, and yeah, like Defoe. <laughs> Defoe is so good in the Lighthouse; he's so good in it. Mm. Um, oh, it's unreal, and, and so is Pattinson. To be fair, oh yeah, and, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. no, no, yeah. no doubt. Oh, well, I wasn't going to talk about him because he's not in this film. So true. Um, but what I will say is, you know, Nicole Kidman plays um, Queen Gudrun, and hmm. I thought she was phenomenal in this film as well. I, I, I thought she was, I thought she was excellent, to be honest. Um, I don't know, I don't know. Now, mate, I'm telling you something. She's going through some sort of renaissance. Renaissance, bro. I, every time I watch her recently, I'm like, you are a really good actress. I've, like, you know, I, I, I see don't know. What, I don't know past. what it is. I don't know what it is. Um, but I find her really off-putting. I find her really... I don't know. There's something about her that just doesn't Ooh. work as an she's actor Australian. for me. It might That's be a fact is. she's Australian and, you know, mm. I I live with, well, two now, I suppose, don't I? Too many of them. Um, Too many of them, if anything. So I don't I. know. I, I, I guess I wasn't... Yeah, I wasn't distracted by her in this film mm. or, like, off-put, but... I was a bit like, I'm not sure Nicole Kidman's the right fit for this. I I think that hearing her name attached to it, I'd have been like, oh, that's weird. But then when I actually saw her, I thought she was very, very powerful, very sort of uh, subdued when she needed to be because, you know, she she goes through a whole range in this film. Mm. Um, but basically this scene with the, you know, they pretended to be dogs and stuff is proper batshit crazy. Like, it is awesome. Uh, and it's basically the king teaching Skarsgård as a child uh, that the tree of kings, basically, you know, he tastes his blood and he sees the tree of kings and his lineage and it's delving into that mythos of Nordic mythos, like seeing the tree of kings, which I thought was quite cool. Um, you know, um, uh, you know, very Eggers start to this film, um, backed up with phenomenal sort of tribal... Skyrim-esque dragonborn music, which you've heard in this podcast already. It was also um, that that tree and the visualization of it was. Um, I'm going to say kind of specifically, <laughs> without wanting to sound too pretentious, but it was very like Song of Ice and Fire rather than Game of Thrones. Mm. Like it's the sort yeah. of thing that would be described in the books. Yeah, by by George R. R. Martin. Yeah, there. and they they never would have shown it in the show. No. Um, because they fucked it up it towards the end. Too, but anyway. Too weird for them. So the next morning, as they emerge from their, you know, weird ritual, uh, masked warriors led by the king's brother, Fjolnir, ambush and murder him. Uh, after seeing his village massacred and his mother taken, uh, 
away by Fiona, the uncle. Amleth flees by boat, swearing to avenge his, fa- his father, save his mother, and kill Fiona. Now, I which didn't, is what you've heard heard in the trailer. I didn't uh, realize multiple times until afterwards that uh, Fiona is Ethan Hawke. <laughs> like that. Holy shit! I did not even know that. No. So. I, I, that is I remember I, I I had heard that Ethan Hawke was in this film, but I f- I'd forgotten about it completely. And um and yeah, when I looked afterwards and I was like, who was Fiona? Because like he was cool. Like he was very cool. Um Yeah, he was cool. And uh, again, I, I mean maybe similar I to how you felt how you felt about Nicole Kidman. Beforehand I would have been like, Ethan Hawke as a Viking, nonsense, what's going on? But nonsense. Um, here, it, actually, in practice, phenomenal, phenomenal. Mm. Mm. He's a great, mm. he's a great scar. He is, he's essentially scar. Yeah, he is like that. Um, so later on, Amleth, this is years and years later, is found by a band of Vikings who sort of embody the wolf. It's pretty cool, like that berserkers. Yeah, uh, and they attack berserkers. this yeah. little. They attack this little village. Uh, there's this amazing like one shot of like the battle as Skarsgård as you see him now with the best abs you've ever seen uh, since 300. Um, since Len's attempt at the 300 workout. Correct. Yeah. Walking around just axing people to death uh, and raiding this village. Um, he sees a little witch who tells him, look, you got to go. you got to go do, uh, do your revenge. Little witch who's Bjork. Forgot- by the way. Who is Bjork, yeah. Fucking another thing that doesn't make any sense, but then does work. Um, but Bjork... And he's like, oh, yeah. She sort of, um, in this film, she's, she speaks all of her lines. She doesn't sing anything, but she's got yeah, like right. a Bjork-esque way of, I don't know, talking. Like, it, you can imagine every one of those lines that she says being in a Bjork song, like, in that way. I don't know. She's she's in, She's such a... Like for somebody who's made it so mainstream, she's so weird. Like, Bizarre. Yeah, yeah. she's sometimes it's cool. The, it's weird, cool. the weird ones get through, Gareth. Sometimes the weird ones <laughs> slip through the cracks. <laughs> yes, um, that's true. Uh, Amleth then decides, actually, yeah, actually, forgot about that. Got to go do this revenge thing. Um, yeah. Turns out though that Fjolnir was overthrown by Harold of Norway, which is quite cool. Yeah, actual and, history, uh, like historical history there. Mm-hmm. And he's ex- he's been exiled to Iceland, right? Now, I was like, awesome, we're going to Iceland. This reminds me of my trip to Iceland when I rocked up on the coast after a ter- terrifying sea journey um, and then got to see the beautiful northern lights and the the geysers or geysers, whatever you want to call them. you just them, flew with, there, didn't you? Uh, I did. Uh, with Godafoss Waterfall and all the amazing natural Landed landscapes. Landed in and I knew Reykjavik International Gareth, Airport. Yeah, got a coffee. That's right. But I knew that you would be sitting next to me when this film was going on, going, "God, I'm so jealous of Len because he's been to Iceland." Uh, do, you, do you know? I honestly, I, do, I'll tell you what my honest thoughts were. I was like, "I'm so frustrated that I haven't been to Iceland, <laughs> and I'm so frustrated." Because I know in the podcast, Len's going to bring it up and be like, I've been to Iceland. I'm basically Mm -hmm. in this film because I've been to Iceland. And it would annoy the shit out of me. And guess what? It has. It has. (laughs) Exactly right. Um, So this is quite interesting. Now, Amleth, um, you know, he's uh, posing as a slave to get into this, uh, you know, kind of gladiator-like. So once again, a call back to gladiator. He's posing as a slave, but a fellow slave played by Anna Taylor Joy. Um, is it Olga? I think her name's Olga. Olga, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, they strike up a little connection, um, which is quite cool. And she's kind of like a witch sort of type character who believes in like nature and the earth and stuff like that, which is quite cool. I kind of thought it was basically her continuing her character from. The witch, essentially, which I thought was quite interesting. <laughs> I thought you were going to say from I the imagined... Queen's Gambit. I was like, well, they're quite different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, she, she, you know, bloody good series, that. Even though chess is quite dull, they made it very interesting. Uh, shout out to one of our friends, Rob, 
who finds chess very fascinating. And for that, I, I you know, I applaud you. I, I, I really do. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, he he does try and talk to us about it, and um, yeah, we immediately shut him down. Um, Pawn to queen seven. Does that make any sense? Probably not. Probably not. Anyway, um, they get to Iceland and they're taken to Fiona's farm. Now, how cool is this guy, right? He's been exiled to Iceland, but yet Iceland's fucking amazing. And he's like the king of Iceland. <laughs> well, what the fuck's going on there? No, yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't think he's the king of Iceland necessarily. He's the king of... Seems it. He's the, he's the king of his, <laughs> his patch of Iceland, which... His farm. His farm. They've got like a farm. His farmstead. Yeah. Like his, his lands. Like he's got his lands. And that's absolutely fine. Yeah. I mean, mm. <laughs> if I was going to be exiled, I'll tell you what, that's fine. That is absolutely fine with me. Um, Basically, what ensues from here, because I'm not going to go through everything because it'd be absolutely ridiculous. But uh, what ensues from here is, is Amleth is sort of playing the slave, but secretly figuring out how he's going to kill and torment Fjolnir mm-hmm. um, and rescue his mother who is now Nicole Kidman who is now married to Fjolnir and they have born a son um, so there's a lot of really incestuous things going on here uh, in terms of bloodlines and whatnot. Um, so it's you know Shakespeare again but it's it's very complicated isn't it Gareth um, well it is this is where the mythos mythos comes into it one set it's just that he he gets this sword which is sort of this prophesied sword this hell blade that is, it can only be used at night and it needs to be fed because he gets hungry but there's this sort of mythos around the sword this is very skyrim gareth this is like you get given a mission um, and you have to you complete these loads of quests and you can finally get this legendary sword, but you can only use it at night. And if you use it at night, it gets superpowers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's very Skyrim. Um, I, just to go back one step, though, because uh, I do I do love this sword. Um, but to go back one step in terms of the complexity of it um, and the incestuousness, it is complex because there's now uh, a son of Fjolnir and and, and Amleth's mum. Um, Gundar. Uh, Queen uh, Gundar, I think it is. Yeah, and Nicole Kidman. Um, Queen yep. Nicole Kidman. Gar. Queen Kidman. Da. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is kind of problematic for Amleth, but he yep. also has like some sort of internal like brotherly loyalty towards him, which we kind of, we, we, I, th- I think that's what's being shown in that, you know, <laughs> that, that sports scene, that hurling scene. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, so they play this amazing, uh, one of one of your favorite sports, um, I believe Gareth, it's called. Kanatlikia. Yeah. Kanatlikia. <laughs> Um, Amazing this hasn't caught on. Mm. There's no English Premier League of the Kanatskill year. Yeah, it's like 5v5. You've got to hit a ball against the opposite post. And it's also like murder ball because (laughs) when it's in the middle, it's just like you can just kill each other. And he saves his half-brother. So, yeah, you're right. He does feel some sort of internal strife. Yeah. you also find out that you know he he wants to save him now as well. So it's it's an interesting situation it for him. It's um, but, but that scene of the um, canal hip fria is um, yeah. mm-hmm. I don't know very reminiscent of the many times I was that say Harry Potter. I was going to say uh, yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, I know that I know that you're a big Potter fan. Um, oh, big time. I was actually going to personalise this even more. It reminds me of of our many times together on the football field, Len. Um, you know, I'm the I'm the young talented one, and you're the thug. Mm. But if you yes. see me go down, if you see somebody take me out, you're in like a shot, aren't you? Defending yeah, my honour. Definitely. Even got sent off this weekend, and you weren't there. Unbelievable. Because of the I'm, a, I'm, the I'm apparently a, I'm a I'm a hooligan. I'm a hooligan. You are. Down. You. I mean, that is the role that you play on a football field. Um, yeah, the scumbag. Be proud of it. The absolute scumbag. Be proud of um, it. The goon. But yeah, 
and the goon squad. Um, but yeah, basically what ensues is um, Anna Taylor-Joy's character, Olga, and Amleth basically... I would liken it to like the seven plagues, Gareth. Like they they come up with multiple methods throughout several different days yep. of slowly uh, whittling down the um, sanity of Fjolnir and the Queen uh, by murdering people viciously at night and then organizing the corpses into a horse or something like that. So they think it's like religious and that lot. Also poisoning um their soldiers with mushrooms that make them kill each other yeah. and sort of you know <laughs> scratch themselves. their own face yeah. off mm. uh, as well as you know eventually Amleth um, basically confronts the queen and says look hey um, I'm your son I'm here to save you this is I'm here to save you and there's this moment in the film where you always knew there was going to be a turn like wh- how is this going to twist and it's Essentially, the queen uh, instigated the coup with Fjolnir against the, the, his Amleth's father, the king, uh, because she actually didn't love the king at all. And she actually loved Fjolnir because he was caring and this lot. And she ordered the death caring of her son, Caring and this Amleth. lot. <laughs> yeah, Put that yeah, on your Tinder yeah. profile. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm mm, caring and that Caring lot. and that. Yeah. Um, so she actually ordered the murder of Amleth. And he can't believe this. And he can't hurt her because it's not something he believes in at this point anyway. Um, so in a bloody rage. This is a phenomenal twist, on. by the way. Like, Oh, yeah, I, I think it's really good. I think it's it's really it's, good. And it's it's so Shakespearean. Like, yeah. The, he, Even the way she approaches him, Gareth, yeah. is very sexual. Oh, yeah, like yeah. She says, she says, like, look, if you kill Fjolnir, you can have me as your own. And that's that Oedipus thing coming into it again, which is kind of fucked up. Um, well, it's not kind of fucked up. It is fucked up. Um, How many you know, cinema trips you've been I... on with your mum? <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> anyway, um, he runs out and in a bloody rage, he executes uh, their oldest born, uh, which was... So his cousin. No relation to his cousin. And cuts out his heart, which prevents his... Um, Passage His funeral get passage to Valhalla essentially, um, which infuriates Fiona even more. Fiona now knows that Amleth is the one who's doing this. He realizes he should have killed him ages ago. He thought he was dead. Um, and you know, <clears throat> Anna Taylor Joy at this point and Amleth try to flee, and you know, it's revealed that she's pregnant with his heirs. And he has a choice to make. His choice is he can leave revenge behind and start a new life or he can let revenge consume him. And he sort of chooses the second option well, or the third option, which is, yeah. which is a bit of both. Yeah. He says it's a bit of both. Um, so I think, is, I, think, gonna, I think it's interesting. Yeah. I think because you're right, that's, that's the, initial, the initial dilemma is do you let go of revenge? Or do you let revenge destroy you? And he decides, yep. I'm going to let go and go and start a new life. But he does. What he concludes is kind of a it's a logical development. Is he when he because he then finds out that um, Olga is She's pregnant, pregnant with his yeah, kids with twins, um, yeah. and he says, "Well, this isn't about revenge anymore. My kids aren't going to be safe." Whilst Fjolnir is alive. Yeah, because revenge breeds revenge. It never exactly ends. It's right. like classic stories that you hear. It's, it always just goes too far. No one can ever let it go. Um, big theme of The Last of Us Part 2, for anyone who's played that. Revenge. It's a horrible, horrible thing. Let it go. Um, and let it go. Frozen. Lovely, lovely film. Um, but I will say that he he sort of says, look, you, know, the, let, you take our kids they're the heirs to the throne they're going to be kings and queens um i need to go finish this uh, so he swims because of the he swims nordic back. thing finish yeah, yeah got that yeah yeah, yeah. good that okay. uh he swims back to coast to the shore with the fermented fish where they all like collect them and that and then he he decides oh, i'm gonna fucking decimate 
everyone in this fucking farm. Yeah. Including... He says, there's his... there's no way you're getting out of here alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, he says, I'm going to kill you, Dan and Mark. Oh. You like that? <laughs> oh, so shit. You like that one? No. That is so shit. I love and it. No, no then he terrible. says, no, Gaz, then yeah. he says, oh, yeah, how are you going to kill me? He says, I'm going to Estonia. That's quite good. That's quite good. Well done. Well done. You that. John would have liked that one. Yeah, he would yeah. have. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm impressed. Good that. Very good. All right. Good. Anyway, let's crack on. So he kills his mother, Gareth, and he kills his fucking half-brother. Well... And this is where it's full Shakespeare. Yeah. This is fucking full Shakespeare at this point. But he, this is like he doesn't, he doesn't want to kill... He doesn't want to kill his brother. His brother's... Mm. Gundogan or whatever he's called, yeah. Um, <laughs> he played nah. for Man City, does he? <laughs> Ilkai Gundogan. Um, he's on his back stabbing him, like, a lot. Yeah. It's like, Jesus Christ, yeah. stop it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I will say, like, it's it's a brutal scene. It's, it's just so brutal. Like, he murders his mother. He kills his half-brother. Fiona walks in, just oh. drags the corpses away. Yeah. And then it's like... I'll meet you at the gates of hell. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, shit, I, this is going to get I'll tell good. you what, and mentally speaking, he is not Copenhagen. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not coping very well, is he? No. Yeah, <laughs> it's called uh, Hope, Copenhagen. It's not called Copenhagen. <laughs> this capital city of Denmark, Copen very well. <laughs> that one doesn't work. True. It doesn't. It doesn't. Um, but the gates of hell is is something that if people don't realize this, this is quite interesting. Um, so the sword that um, Amleth receives in a sort of supernatural manner, or you're led to believe is well, a supernatural blade. See, uh, yeah, oh, can, it's, I, it's can I just say, it's a vision. Yeah, yeah, I reckon maybe maybe this is. I'm not going to say a misstep, but it's one bit where I was like, ah, because they did the whole supernatural scene where he fights the corpse gets the sword the draugr yeah the draugr yep. and then and then sort of showed that that didn't actually happen and yes i was a but bit like did it, it could have mm. but this is the thing it's it's leading into what these characters believe it's giving you events that happen and it's letting you interpret like oh is this you know is there a valhalla is there this stuff in this film what is going on the gates of hell is literally the foot of a volcano and anyone that doesn't realize Iceland actually has like over 200 active volcanoes on it. Sits on, fucking sits on cool. divergent plates. So Iceland is mm. literally being torn asunder. Yeah. Uh, so you would think Iceland, yeah, cold and it is cold and it is very um, tundra-esque at times. But in the summer, it gets very hot. And not only that, it um, it has volcanoes all over the place. And you can go to the, you know, the top of some of these volcanoes some are small and some are very large um <laughs> so it's very cool like honestly go to iceland if you ever get a chance it's an amazing amazing place thanks britannica.com uh, that's okay um but the thing about this sword is that although it can only be used at night the only other place that it can be used is at the gates of hell which i thought was very interesting and very lovely and very convenient um, and very convenient what ensues, Gareth, is what I like to call a ultimate showdown, a final boss, if you will, in a video game. And it does very much, it feels to me like a Naughty Dog game. Like if this was The Last of Us or this was Uncharted, this is like a final boss encounter where you, you, you're you in control, but it kind of plays out with like um, quick time events. Like you press triangle now to block. Oh no, spam R1 because he's got the upper hand. Um, what I will say, Gareth, is they fight naked at the foot of a volcano, at the sort of on the side of a volcano. Imagine Mount Doom, you know, an erupting volcano. It, like it, it has, mm. it's kicking off. Mm. And visually, fuck me, it's unreal. It is unreal. It's awesome. It's just I mean, it's, something I haven't it, really seen. It is Star Wars esque, um, but yes, but it's Jewel of the Fates. But it's yes, but it's not like. I think that would be a really, I think that would be an easy comparison to make, but it would mm -hmm. be missing the point, mm -hmm. so somewhat. Like this is, yeah, because this is this is this is based on Norse, like Viking history and mythology, and yeah, um, and these are places that exist, and it's 
it's how it would have been seen. Um, so I think it's really important, and I don't, I don't think, I hope that nobody kind of watches that scene and think it's deri- thinks it's derivative of of Star Wars. Nah, but I, it's, I think they they watch it and think I've got the high ground. Don't even try it, Anakin. <laughs> and then he tries it, yeah. and then what happens? Yeah. Um, but <laughs> and and in terms of the actual like fight scene. It's it's so like raw and visceral and brutal, yeah. and so mm. we get to a point where basically Amleth has has had his, both of his arms like severed, severed. Like, like they are yeah. they they're fucked, hanging by a thread. Yeah, I mean, not quite by a thread because he wouldn't, but <laughs> but he would die. <laughs> he yes. would be done. But it's they're hanging by their like. A couple of ligaments. You can see he's had, a, yeah, the, a bad day at the office. He's in a bad way. <laughs> like, even if he gets out of this, he's not. He's not pursuing a career as a spin bowler mm. uh, in cricket or it, anything. Um, can I just tell you a little fact, Gareth? Before we continue, do you know they uh, CGI'd the genitalia in this scene? I didn't know that. Um, so. I don't know what that says about Skarsgård and Hawks Cox, but one of them has a little dinkler, I think. <laughs> uh, um, I imagine it's. Do you know what? I imagine it's Skarsgård. I feel like I feel like Hawk would be fine. Pack, packs a punch. Yeah. You feel like yeah. Some things you can't train, Alexander. <laughs> Correct. Okay. Yeah. You may have the abs, but the cocketh not cometh for youth. Well, it might cometh. I don't know. Anyway, I'm sure it works. Of that. Yeah. Um, oh, probably. Just, yeah. Um, Surely. No, that is interesting. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, look, it's it's brutal and um and and yeah, visually lost your chain of thought oh, now after the cocks. I'm just thinking about the cocks. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what's changed? <laughs> Luckily, neither of them go for the cock, um, which is very easy shot, gentlemanly well. of them. Um, but it's it's an amazing scene, I think, and 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 the point the point that I was trying to make actually is when when Skarsgård when Amleth has both of his arms fucked, and he's like he's so out of breath, and he's sort of like. Sort of the, the camera's just on his face. Yeah, and, and he's, he's like, like crying, like... sort of like, and he's like, "I can't believe I've done all of this, and and I'm not, gonna and I'm not going to get yeah. my revenge." And yeah, and I and I and I th- th- there was a bit of me, there was a bit of me that thought he's going to just cut his head off and it's going to be done and yeah. it's going to be yeah. brutal. And I l- loved the fact that he managed to just. He 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 knew he knew he was dead. He knew he was dead. I love mm. that he managed to get his final swing in, get his revenge, and die. They the both kill each him. other at the same time. They both kill each other at the same time. And and what's interesting about that is the whole warrior code of the Vikings or getting into Valhalla is you have to die by the sword. Yeah. So the interesting thing is, you know, both Fjolnir. And you even see the vision that he has at the end, uh, Amleth's vision of being carried by the Valkyrie with braces uh, to Valhalla, um, which is pretty cool. Um, And it's nice to know that, you know, because at the end of the day, this is a revenge story. But when you actually understand the story, Amleth's been led on a sort of merry chase of the fates, as it were, whereas... What Fiona did necessarily wasn't. He's not necessarily the bad guy. No, no. Do you know what? Do you know what I mean I'm, by that? I, so, but, I don't think we covered this enough actually when we spoke about the twist with uh, Nicole Kidman. But it's such a brilliant twist because, yeah, it like it's Lady Macbeth. You know, it's like it's like she's the one convincing him to do something. Well, but do you know what I mean? But also, but also that. Like maybe she was the victim to start with, and the the, f- right. the father that Amleth is avenging might have mm-hmm. been a terrible human a being, and like, and that's right, and that's right, because she even says she was a slave. Yeah, she 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 was a slave. She was taken in. She was essentially raped by this king, and then groomed to give him a son, 
And that is essentially what's happened. So Amleth's gone on this big journey, which for him is of revenge and redemption for his family. But at the end of the day, he's probably on the wrong side of the coin of here. The truth. You know? Yeah. Mm. And that's what makes it a fascinating story because you're still rooting for Amleth because that's all he knows. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and that's that's his truth. That's his truth. That's the thing that he's grown up knowing. Mm. And then you've got Nicole Kidman's side of it and Fiona's side of it. And that's why it's a tragedy because it's, you know, it's this idea of just mixed up emotions, storylines. Obviously, there's a lot of blood, <laughs> death, uh, but and just ultimate tragedy amongst his that, family. That, you know, the whole, that yeah. layer of complexity, like, that's it's, it's, it actually makes it a fantastic story. Like, um, yeah. you know, we, we, we've mentioned that it, it's a, a relatively simple narrative and uh, and i mm. guess it is in terms of structure but then you get to that that point which is quite close to the end and it's like the structure or not the structure but the line of narrative just goes whoa what the f- who hold on who yeah. am i supposed to be rooting for here um that's right but i i love that's it right. i think it's fantastic and it's so well done and actually now on reflection it is nicole kidman who who reveals that um and, she tells and it all. A, she says and it's a it. great it like scene. It is. it is a great scene. So yeah, let's kudos mm. to Kidman. Kudos to Kidman. And I guess the only thing that good that comes out of it is the Skarsgård and um, Olga relationship, where they make a whole new line, and all of this bad blood is gone yes. now. Um, which is kind of like you know, like a new tree growing, and they get added to the tree of kings. It's quite nice. Um, but overall, just a fantastic film. Like. Um, visually remarkable um you know historically and sort of the the themes that it leans on are so so interesting to me and i i just want to read more about it like norse mythology is you know i'm actually quite big into my mythology gareth but i'd say norse is one of my biggest sort of um sort of plot holes i love like egyptian mythology romans greeks but I've uh, I've actually not done much Norse. I mean, obviously I know the gods and stuff like that, but I don't know the, some of the wives' tales and some of the things like the story of Amleth and stuff like that. So I'm going to do a bit more reading into it because you want to borrow me, my book, I love mate. some of the shit. I'll lend you my book. Well, could do, yeah. Lend it to me. Put a little library, one of those library uh, front things and put a little stamp in it, say when it's due back. And You get two weeks, but yeah. you can come back and renew that mm-hmm. anytime you want for as Beautiful. long as you want for Beautiful. free. That's how a library works. Lovely stuff. Well, that's it. That's it for the Northman. I think uh, we've we've delved into it. I think overall our takeaway is go see this movie. I'd have loved to have had John on this podcast because I feel like this is a film that he would have really appreciated but not loved. Um, Do you reckon? You reckon he wouldn't have loved I it? I reckon he... I don't think it's his kettle of fish. Fermented kettle fish. Fermented um, fish. <laughs> but... Uh, we'll find out in the next 60 minutes what he actually thinks about it um but i do know that the next podcast we have coming up is dr strange and the multiverse of madness hopefully in a week or so uh we're going to try and see that this weekend um whenever we can um now gareth's not got gastro maybe we'll you know be able to go to the cinema together which would be nice yeah um and then we're going to come back to you with our thoughts on that like we said marvel feels very tired However, um, you know, Spider-Man was a massive success um, and we've been, (laughs) yeah, five for me. And we've been looking forward to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness because it leans into some things that we really like, like multiverse theory and crazy alternate threads and stuff and visuals that are crazy, you know. So um, tune in for that one because the Marvel podcasts never disappoint because there's always so much to talk about. Whether it's and and there's going to be fucking spoilers up the yin yang. There's going to be fucking, you know, there's fucking X Men in this film for God's sakes. It's going to be crazy. Mm. I, I I don't even know what to think was going to happen. But tune in for that next week sometime. Um, we will have our review of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Anyway, Gareth, uh, thank you for joining me in uh, my kingdom of Hafnfloffnir today. Mm. Um, beautiful. To it's a beautiful podcast. Mm. Bloody lovely. Uh, we're going to go drink mead. And blood of our victims. I, now. Gareth, um, Raven Hair, shall go <laughs> and have salmon for uh, dinner. 
I, Len, CGI cock will uh, go and also <laughs> eat some more fermented fish. Uh, it's important. Um, th- thanks for... Yours is yeah, CGI. <laughs> yeah, that's can right. confirm. That's right. right. They, they had to make it smaller, Gareth. That's the, that's the joke because it was too big. They, 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 they painted... They, Just the one on your head, mate. Gr- yeah. 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 They painted it green, Gareth, and then they've like halved it. So it's normal size now. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening, dear listeners. Uh, we'll speak to you in the next one for Multiverse of Madness. Catch you later. Why have they painted uh, it green? Yeah.